In this episode, we talk about some difficult but serious topics. If you're struggling in contemplating suicide, call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255 for free, confidential, 24-7 support from people who care. Welcome to Hindsight, the podcast with your hosts, Lee and Eric. Hey, so welcome to Hindsight, the podcast with your hosts, me, Lee Jones and Eric Gonzalez. And today we have a special treat for you. A good friend of ours from our army days, Cynthia mm-hmm. Moten, who is yes, just doing it all she's living her best life since getting out of the military she's in uh i'm not gonna talk about her newest venture because we're going to start off there but she's in fitness she's in entertainment stunt woman barber uh what's the term you said the mom man 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 mom oh no. momager i'm a momager Ma- i said man mom <laughs> <laughs> i can't stand you today hey but <laughs> but welcome cynthia it is so good to have you on here and talk to you again how you been I am just blessed and highly favored. That's all I can really say. <laughs> I really am. I know I that. I can't be more ecstatic. Tuesday, uh, we were supposed to do this interview, and something happened, and we had to reschedule. And you said that you were coming back from picking up some vehicles or a vehicle. So yes. what are you working <laughs> on now? Tell me about that. What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... A while back, um, you know, the the traditional rental car companies like Hertz and Dollar and all those other traditional places people rent from. I, 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 of course, we all rented from those places before, but they always gave me such a big headache because they either wanted a credit card or they wanted a debit card. And I don't usually do credit cards because, you know, of the, the big the big spin thing with me. And I'm like, no, you know what? I'd rather just not have it. I'd rather just have my cash and my debit card. So that's always been a problem for me because I don't have, I have a major credit card, but I don't like to use it. So long story short, I just started looking online for just some other kind of way to be able to um, rent out my cars to people who don't you know, necessarily have a credit card or like for the younger folks or whatever, a lot of them don't have um, major credit cards and they just want to be able to rent a car without having the hassle. And I came across uh, a company called Turo where you can share your car with regular, uh, you know, Joes like me and get paid for doing it. Right. And so because we're in a pandemic, I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, so what I did was I started with one car um, I had my Nissan Altima already and I tried to put my, my other car, my Bentley on there, but then I thought about it. I said, you know what? I want this business to be something to where it's not really, um, it's not really, I'm, I'm not really emotionally ta- attached to it. So I, you know, I'm very attached to my Bentley, so I don't want nobody messing up my car. So I took the Bentley off of the platform and I kept the Nissan on. And when I tell you it like rented out like crazy, I rent it for like $35, $40 a day. Um, you don't need a major credit card. All you need is a debit card, 18 years old. I mean, it's super simple, um, super, super easy and, and really affordable for just, just the average person who just 
just need to go run errands or might want to just go out of town for a couple of days or whatever it is that they want to do. And um, from that one car, um, you know, I started making like a thousand dollars a month or whatever, because, you know, renting it for thirty five, forty dollars a day. People are renting out for like a week or three days, something like that. And I, I average about maybe renting that one car out for like twenty one days out of the month. OK, so I was doing good with like seven hundred to a thousand dollars just from that one car. So I said, hmm, well, if this car can be doing this well, <laughs> let me see what else I can handle here. Wow. <laughs> and um, I, I ended up getting like four more vehicles. So now I have five vehicles to my fleet. Um, I have a Mini Coupe. I have a Dodge Charger, a Honda Accord, a Nissan Altima and a Toyota Prius because what I did was I I did a research on like what cars people really like here in Cali to you know drive around in and of course I wanted to have something with sunroof and total packages and stuff so my Honda and my Nissan have the leather seats the um sunroof and all of that good stuff the, all the bells and whistles uh as well as my Mini Cooper it has like a moon roof and it's just really nice, a really nice car. A lot of people like to drive the Mini Coupes. A lot of people are into the Toyota Priuses because they're just reliable, safe vehicles and very cheap on gas, right? Right. Because of what we're going through now with the pandemic, it's just way too easy to make money, um, whether it's online or whether you have a product to sell or just anything, you know? Right. So while some people have, you know, and my heart really goes out to the people who really have been hit hard and lost their jobs and you know, just can't really catch a break or whatever. I, I, I must tell you that, you know, God has been really good to me through this whole time. I, I've never been this uh, lucrative wise as far as, as money is concerned. Um, it's just It just flows. It just really just flows for me now. And of course, I, I have God to thank for that. So <laughs> in saying all that, that's what it is now. So for, for those who don't know what uh, uh, Turo is, it's a car sharing app. Leave Hertz alone, leave Enterprise alone, leave Dollar and all those other traditional rental car companies alone. Get on the app, T-U-R-O, rent from your girl. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, rent from people like, you know, me or whatever. And, um, yeah, it's it's, it's affordable. It, it's yeah, so affordable. you took something that's supposed to be independent to a driver and you were able to to, to capitalize on it. Yes. Um, just like you've done in, in other pathways of of building uh, a substantial portfolio behind you. Right. Uh, so tell us what else you're what else you're currently working on. Um, okay, so let's start with the the momager part or whatever so we get that out of the way so you won't take my little shine. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have an eight year old who's an actor here in Hollywood and he's actually been doing really good. Um he, he he's been acting since five. I Okay, let me back up a little bit. So I, I actually went to stunt school and I became a stunt woman and I was in the entertainment industry before him. Um, but I took a back seat for him in order to kind of groom him and, you know, show him the ropes and and get him out there because in this industry what I found out is that kids are more susceptible to being picked up and, you know, taken off and becoming uh, much more famous <laughs> at a younger age than than we as older people are. So um I, I took up an interest in grooming him and, and becoming his momager and showing him how to get into character and, 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 and prepare for auditions and speak to casting directors and things of, of that sort. And um, I, I found uh, his casting manager through another casting manager or director or talent agency, I'm sorry, that I was working with before. 
and he's amazing. His name's Chris Giovanni. He has people that are in um, on the BET show, Sisters. What is it, Sisters or something like that? He has, he has, he has people, clients. I love yeah. that show. <laughs> yeah, he has clients everywhere, and he and he has like a direct link with um, Tyler Perry Studios and stuff like that. And he has a lot of people who does shows um, on those as well. And the kids do such an amazing job. Um, they, they get booked a lot. So. He saw that he saw Elijah and he's like, yeah, I want to take this kid on. He has great potential. And I said, I agree. So from there, it, you know, he went on and he started, uh, he was on the Muppet Babies and he became SAG, which is called, which is uh, short for Screen Actors Guild, which is uh, the union that the actors go up under and they have to pay, you know, uh, monthly dues and yearly dues and things like that. Um, he recently uh, became a member of the SAG, which now means that he's a working actor and he can no longer work on like non-union jobs that doesn't pay much. <laughs> so right now, um, I really can't reveal what sh- what movie, it's not a show, what movie that he is actually um, getting ready to start shooting next month. Um, but I will tell you, not really a spinoff, it's, it's a remake, I would say, of, of another movie that came out in the... Uh, early 90s i want to say with steve martin that's all i'm gonna say oh let me get <laughs> and, on uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so um that's that's going to be really exciting for him um he was on 911 with uh, angela bassett back in december uh great experience there and um like i was saying he's on the muppet babies he's been on set with michael elliott playing his son on um gosh i can't remember the name of, of that show because i I don't really watch movies or, or TV that much or whatever, unless it's like 2020 or Investigation ID, some some creepy <laughs> investigative show. So when people tell me, hey, I seen your son, I'm like, oh, cool. What show is this? Because like I said, he's been on uh, quite a few things. You know, he's been on Grey's Anatomy and um, and things like that before. So in his little three years of, of, of being in the entertainment industry, he's, he's gotten a chance to like really work with some great people. He's been on Raven's Home and Raven. That's so Ravens and stuff like that. Hey, so how so, that, how, how does that how does all of that uh, early success how does how do you feel about that how does that make you feel as a momager? Um, it makes me feel I, I, extremely proud. I'm I'm extremely proud of him because uh, he listens. He's a Leo like me, so you know we have kindred spirits. So he <laughs> to be able to have a child that listens to you. And then at night I pray over him and, and ask God to give him memorizational skills. And I feel like, you know, when I ask God for things, what I know you're probably tired of hearing me bring God up, but in everything I do tonight, you're going to probably hear God in it because <laughs> that's just, you know, that's, that's the pinnacle of, of everything that, that is uh, about me in my life. So um, what I would do with him is pray over him at night, pray over him before he goes and audition pray over him before he talks to a casting director or whatever, you know, and I just ask God for favor. And it's, it just seems like every time I do that, um, which is all the time, there is just something about him that the, you know, that the agencies and the directors, they say, they see him and they know immediately that he's the one that they want to book for whatever the show or whatever the movie that they're, that they're doing. So, and then his memorizational skills is just like, He's smart as a whip. You know what I mean? Like I can give him a script today and in two hours, especially if it has like major lines, he he already memorized it. He's ready for the audition. You know what I mean? Wow. He's ready to be off script. He definitely got into character, even with that protective mask over his face when <laughs> he told his mama that they forgot those fries in that bag. So. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. 
That's a great. (laughs) (laughs) And then Mo, so when do when does the mom aspect come in to to being a momager? I mean, it's hard work to be an actor and Mm -hmm. to have a child actor um, that you're constantly kind of coaching. When does that motherly instinct come in? Um, when I'm on set with him, I, I watch him like a hawk. Yeah, I have to take a step back because he has a manager. You know, I'm just the you know somebody at home that's his happens to be his mom that happens to actually know uh, how to groom him into different roles and whatnot. But I have to take a step back and then I go into mom mode when I'm on set with him and making sure that um you know I'm standing behind the scenes a lot and 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 then I'll take him to the side and tell him, hey, don't forget what we practice, what we studied, how we trained or whatever, go in there and do it. Cause he'll get nervous. You know what I mean? He'll get, he'll get nervous. His biggest thing is, is his fear of, of, of forgetting a line. And I'm like, Nope, we're not doing that. We're not even going to speak that, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm there somewhere in the vicinity of wherever he is uh, filming. Um, I won't let nobody else take him on set unless absolutely necessary. You know what I mean? I like, I feel like I have to be there as, as his mom and his, um, his emotional support system. Momager, before you were doing that, you were uh, sticking your toe into the pool of entertainment, right? And I know prior to you leaving the military, you had aspirations of Mm -hmm. breaking into the entertainment industry. So how was that process? How did you plan or prepare, you know, to do those things? And what were some of the things that you were able to accomplish in the uh, entertainment industry? Oof. It was not easy at all. I can tell you that. And, and and those who know me and who knew me in the military know how hard, especially towards the end of my career, how hard it was in order for me to break out. Because what I did was I started, I broke out um, into becoming a just a, a model. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I wanted to be a model. And for whatever reason, that was not looked on favorably with uh, my chain of command. And especially because of the fact that I not only was just like a fitness model, just a regular uh, fashion model, whatever, I was more into lingerie model. Um, I think it's, that's a, a that's a hobby for me to even collect lingerie. I don't know why, it just, it just is. I just love collecting lingerie. So um, when I became a lingerie model, um, I got a lot of back backlash, not only just from my chain of command and, and people in general, whatever, but, um, within my marriage at the time I was, I was married. And, um, I think, uh, you know, with me, I'm the type of person that if you tell me I can't do something, that's going to make me push to do it harder. So when someone says something like, Oh, those kind of people or whatever, they're, they're sluts or they're prostitutes or they're loose people and stuff like that. I'm going to go try to prove you wrong. I'm going to push harder to do it just to show you that you're wrong. You know what I mean? So that's what I end up doing. Um, you know, with, with my, with my, you know, while I was married or whatnot, and it was not looked on favorably, like I said, but I continued and I pushed because mm-hmm. I believed in what I believed in what I was doing. Right. And that's, that's very important. It's very key. If I can tell anybody anything, if, if you don't believe in what you're doing, what, what are you doing? What is your, your why? My why, as far as lingerie modeling was concerned, because I think there that the, the body is t- to me, it's just beautiful. It's not because I want to show off my butt or show off my abs or show off or whatever for anybody else other than myself. I loved me. And so I went, you know, and got, you know, these photographers um, named Eric and Lee and, <laughs> you know, other photographers <laughs> that I had. And I just begin to have them snap away. 
you know, and before I knew it, I looked up and I had been published. I, I was published four times in uh, men magazines, of course, because it was lingerie modeling. And so I said, oh, I think I'm on to something. <laughs> I think I really am on to something here, you know. And so um, I just never let the chain of command bring me down to the point to where I felt like I just wanted to, to stop. But it was at that point that I noticed it was time for me to go. I had outgrown the military. I, my aspirations had, had, had come to a point to where it could no longer be obtain, uh, attained within the military realm. And so I knew I had to venture out. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to be my own boss. I even told God that when I was uh, in, I, in Afghanistan in, in 2010, I said, Lord, when I, when I hit 20 years, and at first, of course, I thought I would still be married. When I hit 20 years, I, I don't want to do nothing but, but stay at home, be a stay-at-home mom and work from home. And it's like God heard my prayer and he granted that request. And the reason why I say he granted that request, because after I retired, retired from the military, um, it was hard because I wasn't actually ready, ready to retire. I, I wanted to do a couple more months or whatever, um, but I had to go at that p- a particular time. So when I retired, I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew that I would continue to pursue uh, modeling and stuff like that, but I'm like modeling don't put no no food on the table, and I got three kids to feed, right? So, and 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 not only that, your retirement at the time, you know, it it was kind of coming in slow. It wasn't coming in like it needed to be coming in. So I said, Lord, please help me now, <laughs> help your girl out. So. And, and what I what I noticed that a lot of people that retire, they go out and then they they'll go get a government job. That was another thing I told God. I said, God, I don't want to go and get a government GS job. I don't want to. Oh, you get two. You'll, you'll be you'll be able to retire twice. Uh-uh, I just want to retire one time and then do my own thing after that. You know, what I mean, I've never had that mindset where I wanted to go and work for the military after I retire. I wanted to be as far away from the military as I could. So. I ended up having to kind of renege on that because, you know, desperate times calls for different desperate measures. So I started just applying overseas. I was going to try to go and do work overseas and everything. When I tell you, everybody turned me down. I was too overqualified because I had already had a master's. I was working on my PhD in in business. Um, My resume, I guess, I guess, I'm guessing, was just too vast for a lot of people. I just didn't understand. And it was it was at that point that God told me that God brought back to my remembrance. Remember back in 2010, when you told me that when you retired, you wanted to work from home and you want to work for yourself. Okay, well, I, I, I answered that. So why are you applying for all these jobs, uh, these rat race jobs, nine to five jobs when this ain't even what you want to do in life? And so I said, man, Okay, so we really doing this, guy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so how we're long, really doing it? So how long were you? Uh, how how long were you in that process? You know, searching for jobs, just running in circles and getting frustrated. Mm. And well, you already told us how you how you felt about it. But yeah, it's two things I want to ask. So how long were you doing that? And then two, um, you said you didn't. Your your resume was you were too overqualified, right? How soon yeah. did you start? Because you didn't want to do it once you got out. But when you got out, you had to resort back to making some money. And so you started. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you? how did you start to plan to leave the military? I know you wanted a few more months, but you didn't mm-hmm. have them. So mm-hmm. how did you start to plan to get out, one? And then two, how long were you in that circle of trying to get a job? Okay. So there was no plan. That was the scary part is the fear of the unknown. There was no plan whatsoever. 
Um, there and it was because I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I felt like if I had like a couple more months, it was something I was working on. I think uh, working on to at that particular time that I thought may have I've been working on so many things on my own. You know what I mean that that did so I, that's how i know what what works and what doesn't work as far as making money if i if i can't do nothing i can i can make a dollar out of 15 cents i know that now but right and that's only because i've been trying different things so in my mind i thought hey if i had a couple more months or whatever because i wanted to make sure that my oldest son graduated from from um high school he had one year left or whatever he was i was gonna thrust his little behind into the military so that way i can downsize have these two kids to take care of or whatnot, and then continue to work my plan of being this entrepreneur, you know, this entrepreneur. So I was uh, starting to get into stuff like um, being a life insurance agent um, and being a, a notary. You know, what I mean, like I'm all I'm qualified. It, the, the one thing, you know, and I, I want to jump back and forth, or whatever. But the one thing that I will say about having PTSD, and yes, I was diagnosed with with uh, post traumatic stress disorder, is that we are the type of people that we have to continue to do something. We can't stay stagnant because that was the place where of no return. For, well, I, let me not speak for everybody else, but for me and for uh, other comrades that I've talked to as well. I, I looked up one day and I noticed that I had done so many things after the military and I didn't even know how I got there. And it was only because I kept moving forward. I, I kept trying to, to, to make a plan. And then if the plan fell through, I always had to have a plan B. You know what I mean? So I was always doing something. I became a life insurance agent. Then I did a did notary. Then I went to uh to uh went to school because what I did was I found so many programs with the military. After you retire, after you just get out the military, uh, California has so many different programs that will help you succeed. And I did not know that until I did my research. So they will send you to school for free. And and by this time, my post 9/11 GI Bill, I exhausted. Because like I said, I'm, I'm on my PhD right now. They ain't going to pay for that. So I had to actually take a back door, step back from my PhD or whatever, and find programs that would pay for me to continue to go to some type of school and have some kind of um, training so that I could still be marketable for some kind of job. Then I went to be a certified uh, fitness trainer, um, which I really, really like. And it it became, you know, it, it monetized for me. So I said, Hey, I got something here. Something's going on here. And the program that paid for it was Goodwill. Goodwill and the Salvation Army helps soldiers. <laughs> and I didn't know that they paid for the entire school when it was an eight, nine month uh, course cert to be certified as a fitness trainer. And then after that, I went to barber school because I, I'm not the type of person I, I, that will start something and don't finish it. I started barber school back in uh, early, right before the war kicked off. In, in 2001, and they never uh, they they pulled me from that to go to Iraq, so I never got to finish barber school, although I was cutting throughout the years. So I went back there, and guess who paid for it? <laughs> the Goodwill. <laughs> so um, so they paid for that course or whatever. Wow. I got licensed as as a barber finally last year, and um, like I said, I, I I don't know where you know how and where but i just know god was somewhere in between all of this so i'm like if i even go and look for a job right now whatever i can go in somebody barbershop and cut hair and make money i can go and in somebody 24-hour fitness or any gym or whatever and train people and get them fit i can go in and in, in, into a life insurance company or whatever tell them i'm an agent a, a 
a, a signed agent or whatever and get a job. I can go yeah, be a so, notary. So you live your life with with a sense of divine purpose, right? And yes. you find that in everything that you're doing. So yes. who kind of motivates that? Like, where does that stem from? Mm. <laughs> it's been God and it's really been my mom. My mom is is, is a major support system for me. Um, she believed in me when nobody else believed in me. She was there when, you know, the scandals and the things that came up when the military, you know, really tried to really do me dirty towards the end. She knew about all of that or whatever. She knew the lonely nights and she knew the suicidal ideation moments that I was having where I wanted to just drive my car off into the water right there where we used to work at. And I know I, I know I'm about to get deep on y'all. Right, right. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's it's been a ride it's been a ride but she's been there the whole time the whole time right and if it wasn't for her and god i don't know where i'd be well definitely thank mom <laughs> and god oh, because no. you know uh from my point of view and eric's point of view uh well i can't say eric's point of view but from you know from our interacting uh, throughout the military and outside of military, we've always seen, you know, that positive side of you, that happy mm -hmm. side and that go get them, you know, mm -hmm. side. So, you know, I appreciate you sharing that with us because a lot of people are going through those those thoughts and, you know, those struggles. And especially with COVID going on, that's just another thing to pile on top of um, potential problems. Mm -hmm. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that that yeah. um, intimate part of you with us. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, right? You mentioned Goodwill and the Salvation Army helps veterans pay for these yes. programs. Like how, like if I go on Goodwill, I, you know, where do you look for something like that? How do you find that, that information on, on, on what they actually pay for or offer or where is that at? Actually, what I did was I, um, I think what I, what I, what I started when I first moved out here to Burbank, I, um, I called what is it? Four one one. One of the, the information line. That's how it started. I called the information line and I just asked them: Is there any programs that help uh, single parents? Are there anything that'll help out with uh, with uh, paying the utilities and stuff like that? And this lady gave me a list of different programs or whatever. And then I told her I was a veteran. She said, "Oh, you a veteran? You know they got all kind of programs out here in California just mm, for, just mm, for mm. veterans." Woo, she told me that. And I'm telling you, my finger just got to writing. It got to writing and I got point, points of contacts and I set up meetings or whatever. And, um, and these people were like, yeah, if you know anybody else, she's like, the lady told me, she said, you know anybody else? We're looking, you know, to, to help people or whatever. She would give me gas cards when I, you know, just for gas money and stuff like that. She said, this is all the stuff that we get every fiscal year, whatever, just for veterans. And a lot of y'all veterans don't even know that these programs exist. Mm -hmm. So I thank you and you know for coming in. And if you can share this information, um, that'll, that'll help too. They, they got another uh, department where they help you out just to get a job. They know the, um, they know they are hiring managers. And I'm like, wow, she's like, what do you want to do? That's what she told me when I first walked in there. And I'm like, um, I want to go and I want to be a fitness trainer. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So she's like, okay. <laughs> we'll that, pay for that. That's crazy. Like, I, yeah. 411, huh? <laughs> right. The info, so Mary J. Blige. <laughs> so simple. Right. Yeah. 
She told me that. She said there is, and then I, and what I did after that, I said, "Oh, duh! Why well, just didn't Google veteran programs here in California, veteran military programs, and all of it popped up? Goodwill, um, uh, Goodwill SoCal, and you got they they're all over uh, California, not just uh, in SoCal or whatnot. But then you got, like I said, Salvation Army. Salvation Army will pay your rent during this pandemic. See, y'all don't know a lot of stuff now. Shoot, I'm, I got the plug." I took advantage of that <laughs> that program a while yeah, back. Yeah, that is and, uh, that I'm, is great I'm information. Telling you, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, yes, the Salvation Army for veterans. Right. It's just the veterans, like, you know, they, they help all people, also being stuff like that. But they have a veteran side that you need to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another. Uh, I forget the name of the um, J JBS is is. I have to get 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 the exact name or whatever. But there's another. A company that works alongside Goodwill called JBS or something like that. They help uh, with a lot of things too, like with job and uh, job interviews, your resumes, um, going out to actually getting the job. They know, like I said, they know the hiring managers. Uh, they have the funding to get you in school if you prefer to go to school for construction, uh, for beauty, for barber, beautician. That, that's just to, to name a few, but they had like a whole list of things that they can pay for whatever you want it to be a plumber, electrician, hat, HVAC, whatever it was. And, you know, I just had like the pick of the litter. I'm like looking, look, trying to figure out what I, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, you know, <laughs> it was like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, that's the amazing. programs are out there. You guys need to be able to share this information with soldiers getting out or people that's retired don't really know what they want to do if they want to do anything. Let's just talk about your military career and if you had any, did you have any deployments? Oh, yeah. I've, I've been for uh, three, four times. Been to Kuwait and um, Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait twice, actually. Right. Uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. So how, how, how would you rate and not the end because it was a little, a little, you know, crazy at the end. But how, how, how was your military career and what are some of the skills and soft skills and, and things, lessons that you've learned while you were in the military that you kind of still use today? Um, I'm very disciplined. Um, I don't, I don't get, um, usually when I was younger, I, I would be very, very persistent. I, I was a very persistent child. Um, I've learned to take a step back. I've learned to, um, have self-motivation because if you can't even motivate yourself, how are you going to try to motivate somebody else? You know what I mean? To, to want to go out and do this and, or, or somebody to want to leave their job, you know, what I mean? step out and take a leap of faith and leave their job knowing they got a whole freaking family they got to take care of. You know, how do how can you, how can you motivate somebody to, to do that? You know what I mean? So I had to, to look deep within myself, evaluate myself, uh, not only just from, from me, growing up or whatever, or being in the military or whatever, but even, you know, even in my, in my marriage or whatever, what did I do wrong? What can I do better? I'm always looking to try to do, do better than, than, than I did before, whatever, what, what did I do wrong in the military that I could, you know, work on or whatever? Yeah, I was, you know, I wasn't the timeliest person or whatever. And that actually started kind of getting to me after a while was because, you know, if you're going to try to get on these people's jobs, you got to be on time. So that was another reason. That was, that's probably like the biggest reason why I asked God, I said, Lord, you know, I'm not the timeliest person. Please don't let me have to work for nobody. <laughs> but Lord no, knows nobody you are late to everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. It's crazy. She'd so be that's, the first sergeant. At, hey, hold on. She'd be the first sergeant at formation and show up 20 minutes late. <laughs> 
don't do me. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that was you know because I, I like doing things on my time. You know what I mean? So that that was one of the things I, I why I asked God I want to be an entrepreneur and and uh, work for myself and nobody else and not to be on nobody's clock. You know so. Intrinsic motivation that I would say uh, something that I took from the military, just being motivated, motivated myself, being dedicated. If I'm going to say if I'm going to do something, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? I think that's very important because your word is your bond, you know. So, uh, you know, in dealing with people and now with, uh, you know, rental, you know, people who rent out my cars or uh, whatever they're doing um, or rent, or buy a waste trainer for me, because like I say, I, I do. I got several little niches that I, niches that I do. Communication is very, very important. Very important. Always have been. Always will be. That's something else I took from the military as well. And that's just not in my businesses, but just in in general, in relationships, whether romantic or just friendships, is, is very important. You know, people respect you when you respect them and their time and being able to communicate with them properly. They help them understand. So. Um, that those are the, some of the things that I took from you know the military and brought out to the civilian world um, is my dedication, my motivation, my self-driven purpose, and uh, communication. Yeah, that's really amazing. So Mo, you have a strong social media following, and mm-hmm. every year I see your selfless service, and uh, and it's really inspiring. So every year you cook and, and you send mm-hmm. food out to the to the homeless people in Skid Row. So kind of tell us about that experience and, oh, and where yeah. it comes from. Um, God said that the poor will always be among us and we must take care of them. Um, I, I grew up with that. I grew up with that with that idea, that notion um, and that bringing up in life. And uh, I remember one time when I was like seven or eight years old, we were going through a drive through at Hardee's and um, back in Florida, there was a homeless man and all he wanted was a hot dog. All he wanted was a chili dog. And um, my mom and my dad, were, they were getting ready to buy it for him. Here comes this police officer out of nowhere. Get get away from them messing with these people. Get away from them messing with these people. He kind of shooed the guy away. And and I remember looking in, in his eyes and, and it, it almost broke me down at seven years old. He, he, cause I don't like really seeing men cry as it is more or less women, but this man had, so much sorrow in his eyes. He was so, so sad, so, so broken that I was, I was angry at the police. And I, I remember asking my mom, why, why did the police officer do that? And she, she didn't know whatever she was crying. Cause my mom's real emotional about stuff like that too, or whatever. But we ended up going around, we had to sneak around the corner and give the guy the hot dog or whatever afterward. He was hungry. He was hungry. And I said from that day forward or whatever, if I see somebody hungry on the street or whatever, I'm going to take care of him because that's my job. That's my lot in life. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take care of them. That's why God put them here for us to take care of. You know, so that's what it stemmed from. And I, I believe one one Thanksgiving, I had cooked too much food. It was just me. The kids were in North Carolina, New Jersey with their dad. And um, I said, I'm going down. And I lived downtown at the time, downtown Los Angeles. I said, I'm going to cook this food for me and my homeless friend. I call them my friends. Those are my friends. Cook this food for me and my friends. And I took that, that to, I must have had maybe like, uh, at this point, like I only had room for 20 plates, 20 plates in my backpack or uh, whatever, because it was just me. And I just remember walking down the street, asking them, do they want a plate? And they did, of course. And they were very you know, thankful for the opportunity. And I remember coming back, just feeling such, um, you know, such it was such a attaboy moment for me, 
you know, thinking that God was pleased with me, you know, for, for, for doing that. And that's, that's pretty much all I wanted to do was to please God and to, you know, be able to do as, as instructed, you know, according to how I feel he instructed me to do. So that started in 2016, I want to say, yeah, 16. And I've done it every year. What I would do, I would switch, um, switch holidays. So 2016 was Thanksgiving, 2017 was Christmas. I went out 2018 Thanksgiving, 2019 Christmas. Um, unfortunately, 2020, I was not able to go out and feed my friends, but, um, I just remember in 2019, December, 2019, we went out and, um, it was a lady who, it was so cold and, you know, California used to get cold. It was so cold out there. This time I had my kids, they helped me. And, uh, one of my friends or whatnot, we had a truck and I was able to go from putting 20, 20 plates in my backpack to we fed 150 that day. Wow. And, um, yeah, and it, it was just, oh, it was just such a, a good feeling. I can't really, um, describe, but there's one lady that she, she wanted, um, she wanted a coat. That's all she wanted. I mean, she took the food too, but she's like, I'm just so cold. And my son had his, his, his brand new, this jacket must've cost two or $300. Um, he took it off and he gave it to her. And I was just so proud. I just remember being so proud of him or whatever, and being able to expose my kids to, to, to this and how people, you know, how the world is and how, uh, homeless people are and, um, and how we must take care of them. And I, all I can do is pray that one day they'll carry on that legacy of always taking care of the homeless people um, because of the acts that they did and helping to, to, to go out and feed them. And they did it, um, you know, without any whimpering or anything. They, they were actually excited to go out and, 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 and help. What I want to do in the future, I want to actually um, maybe buy a food truck and I, I don't want to just go out for just one holiday. I want to I want to go out once a month. You know, I want to start mm. going out maybe once a month. And I don't plan on on ever stopping that, no no matter what. You know, because I just feel like that's what that's what I'm called to do. And eventually, I want to be able to. Me and my mom had talked about getting a trailer, and um, I'm looking at that too because I'm also into real estate. So I I, I have several properties that I own abroad from California because California is just too expensive right now. Yeah, that is truly amazing and what you're doing, your mission, um, and, and the people that you, you are inspiring, um, not only just veterans, but anybody transitioning from career to career. Um, it's truly heartfelt and, and watching your stories, we get the honor and the privilege of, of just being your friend. Mm, I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Cynthia, we, we asked you a lot of questions and you shared a lot about about yourself and in your times so is there anything that we didn't ask or anything that you wanted to just share something that we missed or not necessarily missed or just something you want to share um i do know that i didn't never answer your question so how long was i in this rut uh, after i got out it's, it was about a year a good year before i really finally you know uh buckled down and find out you know just try to figure out what it is i wanted to do uh for the rest of my life and that that's when all the programs came into play and you know the funding and stuff like that and just it just was smooth sailing after that you know right right yeah, yeah that but, rut is always a difficult place to to be in and even if you no, spend uh, you know either four years in the military or, or 25 years in the military there's still mm -hmm. that aspect of you don't know what you want to be when you grow up yes. and you kind of just fall in uh to to wherever you're needed yes 
Yes. And, and a lot of people are afraid to, to get out, you know, because they because they don't know. Because a lot of us, this is all we knew was the military. Me, I came in at 17. I didn't know nothing. I worked at one job. I don't think it was Publix uh, before I came in at 16. And, and, and that was it. I, I didn't know anything about any civilian life. So right. naturally, it's, it's, it's a natural thing for people to be afraid um, of getting out and, and venturing out into the civilian world. Um, to see how life is. So yeah, though, though that rut was something else. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not even gonna sit up here and hold you. That <laughs> rut was something else Absolutely. for a whole year. Absolutely. And one of the biggest um, uh, inspirations from your story is that, you know, things can look bleak, right? But yeah. I mean, you, you went through and you were pretty much at a low. You were at yeah. a low. You picked up the phone and you called four <laughs> Salvation Army or whichever one you four one goodwill four one one and you asked the question right uh, and then everything went in so even though it was um, difficult you still were you know you still need to act you still need yeah. to keep trying and you still need to keep pushing forward and you were going through it for a year um, yeah. and you came through it with flying colors right yeah. I'm sure you still have struggles in in, in here and there. But yeah. as far as the, the, the work and the money, like that's not an issue right now. So that's no. so that's good. So the lesson is like, just keep pushing people, yes. you know, keep pushing. You know, it's only for a moment. It's right. only for a season. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's it's not forever. So it's all about moving forward. It's really it's really all about moving forward and being the best version of you that that, that you can be whatever you do. Absolutely. You know, stick to it. Get Get something and stick to it. What is, what is your why? Why are you here on earth? I, I literally had to ask myself and look myself in the mirror like, well, what are you doing here? What are you doing? Are you just twiddling your thumbs through life? No, you, everybody got a purpose. What is your purpose? You need to find it. You need to ask God for or whoever you, whoever you believe in, whatever your higher being is that you believe in. Ask. Closed mouths don't get fed. You must know that you are so you are so motivating. Have you written or are you planning on writing a book anytime soon? No. You absolutely, you absolutely should. I mean, you you really have some inspiring stories, and you know, I mean, it's in, it's inspiring, I guess, because it, you know, just from having this conversation, it it, it went totally different than how I expected it, right? You really mm -hmm. shared a lot that I didn't know, you know. You shared a lot, and I appreciate that because I've had situations where I was down. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I saw that same road or cliff that you just want to drive off, you know, and it's you, then you realize, you know, you got to think and, and, yeah. and you got to look at your networks, your family network, your friend networks and seek out um, some sort of, you know, help, you know, yes. listen to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you got to remember that it's only for a season. Yeah. Right. And so I encourage you to write a book. <laughs> okay. okay. I encourage you to. So when you do this, I make make sure you put me in your in your prologue or something. Right. The cliff um, notes. You know. know what I wanted to do though? I mean, because I'm into this momager thing and entertainment thing and whatnot. I actually wanted to do a um a short film about the military. I, I, I know I know it would step on a lot of a lot of toes, but I feel like that's something that God is calling me to do. Right now I'm just trying to find the networks to be able to to do that. Um, so I am I am working on, I'm writing that now, I'm writing different stories and different scenarios, people giving me their stories that, you know, some of it is horror stories, just to shed maybe, maybe a little negative light on the military, but you know, we know the military is not all bad or whatnot, but people need to know 
what's really going what's really going on in the military right what, what's really going on you know so you know and I've had, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no i'm saying you know one person already that you can turn to who uh went to school for that and he he's up in the uh march airfield area yes. so mm-hmm. i'm not saying his name but he's a good resource for that yep. uh-huh. and we have I another told, source for it as well uh that, that? that's local in the area okay. uh he's doing incredible incredible stuff online oh. um mm-hmm. so yeah we'll be happy to link you up with him yes okay okay but yeah the, those stories and what's going on uh in the military today it's mm-hmm. it's unlike any other times that, that yes. we've really heard of and you had the opportunity of being an equal opportunity uh, liaison for mm-hmm. for our brigade and and what we went through. So I'm sure you've navigated through some tough stories uh, firsthand. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I got a story too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. For another day. So it's just really just timing and just trying to get the right people to listen to my story. Get your, get your get your pitch together. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take you up on that that book though. I think that that that's something that that might interest me. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think you'd sit down and you, you your mind goes in a lot of different ways, and I think um, just harnessing all of that energy, right, and just sitting down for a moment and and just putting some of that stuff on paper, I think it would be a bestseller. I absolutely yeah. wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. But Cynthia, awesome. thank you so much for sitting down with us Yeah. Uh, today on Hindsight, the podcast. It has been a pleasure catching up with you. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll definitely be in touch uh, and, and, and stay connected along the right. way. Because um, right. I want to I want to be the one who gets that first autograph book when you write it. <laughs> Hey, why you get the first one though? Hey, because I'm the one pointed it up. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, I'll give it to you. It has been an honor. I really appreciate you guys. I mean, I've been watching y'all too and your journeys throughout the military and outside of the military and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm like everybody is is faring well. Yeah, yeah but it's a, but it's all a struggle. I mean, you you know, you bought yours out. I mean, it it's it's challenging, right? Yeah. And you just got to keep yeah. fighting. And keep yeah. fighting, right? And and that's the that's basically the message. Now, you know, it's called hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. because we want to look at some of the lessons that you learned in the past and how you apply those things today. Um mm-hmm. and then also how they shaped you, shaped who yeah. you are today. So mm-hmm. I yeah. appreciate you sharing again. Yeah. And um it's if anyone can, if anyone can reach out to you, how can they reach you? Oh, okay. So my social media Social media. I am a big goofball on Instagram. No, I'm kidding. But no, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a content creator um, on on most of my platforms. Um, that's another way I monetize. You know, they pay you. But anyway, so my Instagram is I am dot just mo. I am dot j u s t m o. But uh, my YouTube is Cindy Mo. C y n d i m o. My Facebook is Cindy Mo. My other face, my my fan page Facebook is Cindy Mo 2.0. My Snapchat is is uh, Cindy Mo. So everything's Cindy Mo. Oh, no, you're giving it all out. Too. <laughs> hey, so we will put your link tree in in go. the bio to help out. But Cindy, it's been it's been an honor and a privilege. You are somebody with with purpose and inspiration. And I think the the biggest um, outcome of of this episode is knowing that um that the struggle exists 
but uh once you kind of identify uh what you love to do it can be uh transformational so yes we applaud you and we thank you yes yes and definitely put the links for um goodwill and uh, oh yeah i will but Dodge i know i mean jbs i'm just gonna put 411 no i'm just no. <laughs> <laughs> <You're silly. laughs> all right no. but we'll be talking to you soon though. thank you again okay okay thank you love you guys all right, all right <laughs> love, love you too. back okay, bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Subscribe to Hindsight the podcast to never miss an episode, and don't forget to leave a comment.